0: The soda pod is proudly presented by Seventh Avenue Pizza. Seventh Ave Pizza produces the highest quality, best tasting frozen pizza available in the market today. If delicious toppings are what you crave, psh, look no further. Try the meat sauce pizza today because it wails, folks. Follow them at Seventh Avenue Pizza to stay current on where you can grab yours today. Get you some Seventh Avenue Pizza today. Now let's get right to the show. From the wild woods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Dromi here alongside the state of Hoppy, and thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. How's it going, man?
1: Uh, one weekend, no booze. I felt better. <laughs> no, I think that's... like
0: physically I did too, man. But like mentally, it was a busy week catching up on everything, moving. That like I almost wished I just pushed it like one more week. But again, I'm my body probably wouldn't have been able to function. So it's I'm torn right now, to be honest.
1: <laughs> oh, my my birthday is next weekend and I won't be having sip until then
0: there you go i'm still <laughs> full, gonna hold strong until it, it, might, the second round even, of the playoffs
1: might not even be full recovery for the liver at that point but we'll see
0: <laughs> oh probably not. So, Like what's, said, I'm ho-
1: what's special about the second round why
0: I, it's just a little longer it's a little bit more of a challenge i like challenges something to bitch and complain about on the soda pod so there you go
1: so you're not gonna drink during the wild's first round playoff appearance
0: nope gross yeah gross getting back in shape Started running again. Uh, did did over a hundred push ups yesterday. You know, just just not not just gonna keep the booze out of my system for a little bit longer until I start seeing some of those results. Till I get into a rhythm, and then I feel yes, like you're
1: you're waiting longer than the second round of the playoffs. Then. <laughs> no, I, I I mean I am getting older,
0: so we'll see. But uh, we'll see. I've been mean, eating like a whole head of broccoli and like chicken for dinner. You know, it's it's been good this week. Uh, like I said, been been keeping the body healthy mentally. Going a little crazy, but uh, hey, the wild have been on an absolute heater since I've well, pretty much since I've been in Minnesota, since I've left Minnesota. This week has been really exciting, just not only the Minnesota Wild, but NHL wide as well. But on this particular episode, we're gonna get into the last few wild games. Uh, just a reminder, folks, uh, hit us up on the Soda Pod, we have episodes five days a week, sometimes. Sometimes even more. Sometimes multiple episodes a day as well. Tuesday, you get a prospect fix. Wednesday, we usually have another episode of Hoppy Night dropping. Thursday, Brewery Travels as well as some bonus episodes. And Friday, MNC Double We have all the D1 college team wrap ups coming out uh, throughout the rest of the off season there. So support us if this is your first time tuning in. Subscribe. We really appreciate it. And we'll have more YouTube. Content from the Brew Tour coming out very, very soon as well. Hit us up on social media, Twitter and Facebook at the Soda Pod and the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Pod Net. Hoppy, let's dive right into this last week that was a ton of wild dominance, starting with Talbot shutout in Montreal.
1: Yeah, and that—that's the interesting thing here, man. Is we know that at this point of the season, it's you know. Can't really take the games at face value, but I actually think the Montreal game left a lot to be desired. I thought it was kind of a lackluster effort, with the exception of Talbot, of course. But it did everything they needed to to win the game, right? Like, there wasn't a big push or any worry at any point, but I just, I don't know. I didn't really see a whole lot in that one, but end of the day, came out of it unscathed, which is all you can ask for at this point.
0: Yeah, when when Geordie Ben's like lighting it up in a game, you probably know that the rest of the team is not, you know, is lacking a little bit. Jordy Ben facing his former team, two points. Or sorry, one point, two shots on net. Like Jordy Ben got two shots on net. He shouldn't be the one, you know, finding the lanes, you know, <laughs> that's impressive. Shooting on his old team. Uh Fiallo, though, has been on a tear. We'll we'll get into him uh you know in, in later segments as well. But uh, you know, he was he was half the reason. The Wild came out of that one on top. The guys yeah. continuing to score, but like you said, other than Fiala, other than Kaprizov, other than Zuccarello, the names who who've been consistent, you know, throughout and, and dominant this season, especially his later half of the season. I, I agree with you there. I, I I I don't think the rest of the team stepped up in Montreal. Do you think it was because they just figured, hey, we don't we don't really need to in this one. We can maybe save our legs a little bit for the the next few games that that were upon them.
1: I got to imagine, I hope, I hope it's not actually that we're on the same playing field as Montreal. Although I will say far better team than when we played them earlier this year. Now that they're under the amazing tutelage of Martin St. Louis, I'm actually, I'm, fire, dude, I'm, by the way. I'm curious to see what happens next year with that team. I think that they're going to be like a middle of the road team, not a bottom dweller like they are right now. I don't think they make the playoffs, but I think they're Ex- way better.
0: Explain yourself. Cause that is, that is, that is a terrible take. Really? Yes.
1: Well, I mean, I might be a little biased. They're they're probably going to have Carey Price back. There's no way that they're going into the year with the exact same roster. Odds are they'll find a way to get someone like a Chris Letang or something like that who can't get the money he wants from his home team, has a relationship with their GM who was their agent. There's going to be a facelift on the roster, especially this summer when you look at the, the resources that they're working with. And I do think that they've looked a lot better since the change of the coach. So I, again, I'm not pegging them as a playoff team by any stretch, but I don't think that they're a bottom two or three team in the East either.
0: There's a lot of teams that the offseason get an attempted facelift. It's mostly just to plug holes at this point, I think, with with Montreal. (laughs) Um,
1: dude, watch. They're, we'll gonna, they're gonna get Bergeron and Latang, and then you're gonna laugh. Okay, all right. So f- a few old,
0: <laughs> a few old farts are expected to uh... a
1: few old farts. Latang is arguably having the best season of his career right now, and if you say anything negative about Bergeron, we might just not have Z ever show up to record for us again. So how dare you? How dare all right. You? If, they get, if
0: they get both of those two players, they'll they'll have maybe a better season than dude, what, they what are they out? Of 20, 46 and eleven? Um, and
1: Carey Price, come on.
0: I don't uh-huh. think he's coming back, dude. I think he hangs up the skates. I think it's he early. already came back. Well, I think it, it's done. Like he's, he's not, no one's, play no
1: one's walking away from that money, dude. If you
0: can't, if you can't, if you have, if you have a hard time even showing up due to whatever issues, whether it's injuries or, or the other stuff, I don't think it's going to be forced. At this I, no, this it
1: won't be forced, but I strongly disagree. I don't think he comes back and tries to play right now. If there's not a goal to play next year, I think he got in sees he can still play And now he's got the whole summer to kind of get back to some sense of normalcy and see if he can make something out of it. And I, I am not saying at all, that's a lock that he plays, but I think you're dismissing it way too quick.
0: Perhaps. And again, a little bit of bias there. Um, I love Montreal Montreal, like the boys that pardon my take love LeBron. So, I mean,
1: (laughs) wow. Look at that. You're already making references.
0: Uh, I didn't listen to all three episodes this week, but uh, Jeannie Bouchard was on one, so I had to tune in. Which is funny, like every, dude, Canadians just hate her now because she's she's a disgrace oh, yeah. to Canada tennis. She came in hot as like an eighteen year old, and then never done anything since. Can't even win on the regional scene in Vancouver. Really? But hey, I still got. Do Canadians I, I,
1: have good tennis players? Is that a thing?
0: Uh, they have. Okay, put it this way: Canadian tennis is like Minnesota sports fans. They make it, you know, past a round in the big tournaments or make it to the finals, but not quite to the end. And they'll, they'll get close and then just disappoint every single year. So, I mean, mm. that, that's the best way that's actually to, to, to describe Canadian tennis. We have a few stars who have all the potential and who have had all the potential to go all the way and win a bunch of championships, but they just can't seem to get over the hump. And a lot of them crash and burn real quickly.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Anyways. Interesting.
0: Uh, But yeah, part of my take i'm on i'm on the part of my take train it's it's great
1: (laughs) don't talk about hockey at all but they're just entertaining
0: i mean every now and then they'll talk hockey but again like the best sports shows are the ones that you can listen to them talk about the the sports that you despise anything and and they're still entertaining you know um scarce and price locally donnie moj back you know here on the west coast um, formerly tsn 1040. My, one of my favorite shows was them talk. They had their one of their baseball insiders on, and it was just because it was so entertaining. I didn't care about what they were actually talking about. They just made it fun, and hey, that that's sports talk radio. Um, let's move to the Canucks game, Hoppy. Uh, what a tight game that was until the very end. Let's be perfectly honest. That first period, like the Wild tried to stomp over the Canucks. They tried to flex a bit. The Canucks answered. The Canucks answered. It was a very Hard fought neutral zone type of game. The pace though was unbelievable. I thought for how physical but not dirty, right? Just for how physical, for how hard both of these teams fought, I was so surprised of how quick it was, despite all that. So the first period was great, such a despite it being, you know, zero-zero. The second period though opened things right up. Six goals in that period, three apiece, still tight, still like as far as you know, battling for for space and and just them going back and forth yet the goals started to pile up uh we'll talk about the third after but impressions on this game especially especially the first and second period
1: uh yeah the opposite of what i just said about montreal um (laughs) i it, it was one of those weird ones where wild fans usually can't say this but it was like a no lose situation right if you lose hey we're just trying to stay healthy going into the playoffs, and this is a team that's battling for their playoff lives. And if you win, it, yeah, like it was a statement win. Like they played really well in a, a really tough situation, missing some players. And I, I really liked the way that they played against this canuck squad. And I've, I've long said, and you've kind of fought me on it, but I've, I've thought the Canucks team was a lot better than you at some points this year. I think there's a lot there and it's going to be a really tough off season for them because Shit. now you're in a position where you're deciding what you think you're going to be for the next three years when you don't have nearly enough info to base that on. Um, it's actually really funny I, uh, quick side thing, because obviously everyone knows how much I fucking love JT Miller. Uh, interesting kind of counterpoint to like why you maybe wouldn't sign him. Look at the Dallas Stars right now. Give me like what do you think about the Dallas Stars roster in general?
0: It's I'm just so confused. I don't know where where they're at. If they're like if they're in it right now to win or if they're they should start retooling or rebuilding.
1: And that's the Canucks in two or three years if they keep on pushing with what they have. You look at it cuz again, like age curves don't lie. Unless you're Sidney Crosby, like getting into your mid thirties, you're not quite the same player that you were. And i love JT Miller. I think he's got another like four or five years where he could be dominant, but you don't know when he's going to fall off that cliff. And you look at the young nucleus that they have of players. Like you've got something building. You have your, even though he had a rough start to the year, you have your Elias Pettersson. You have your stud defenseman in Mr. Hughes, and you've got your cornerstone goalie who could be there for a long time, Thatcher Demko. And you look at this Dallas team, they've got similar stuff, right? They maybe don't have the goaltending piece figured out, but I think Ottinger could maybe step up and be serviceable long-term. But you've got Haskinen on the back end, who, like, I'm sorry, he's a top-five defenseman in this league. You've got that first line, which, yeah, Pavelski's old, but dude's never leaving the league. He's going to be basically (laughs) the the next Yager. But you got Robertson and Hintz, who are young, absolute phenom players. Like They are going to torment teams. But then you look at the rest of the team. You have the Sagan. You have the Ben. You have the Radulov, who got a lot of money when it made sense, right? Like right now, no reason not to pay JT Miller. They fell off their cliffs with those aging curves, and now they are totally killing this team. Not because they can't play, but because their dollars and cap space being eaten up. Stops the Dallas Stars from taking any kind of next step. So I'm actually on the train if I'm a Canucks fan of getting a shit ton of assets this summer to move JT Miller.
0: Yeah, I mean, three players, you know, versus three makes it worse. Three makes it worse. Okay, well, you're stuck
1: with Oliver Ekman Larson. So there's another. Oh god damn it, Jim Benning. So like, um, I just it,
0: think I just think if we're going age curve too, you got to talk about injury curve as well. And if I and I don't have it in front of me, but I'm just saying, you put Horvat's injury history and J T. Miller's right now. Horvat's gonna he's gonna bomb before J T. Miller, despite him being a few years younger. It's also a harder game Monahan. too, right? Look at Sean Monahan. The guy's not even That's, thirty. Yeah, that sucks. Man. You know what I'm saying? So you have well, to look at that aspect too. And I think if they're gonna move forward with one of the centers, I've said it before, and I'm gonna I'm gonna. Keep saying it, unless I see the offer, you know, and it's leaked, and I'm like, okay, they right, The, the dollars
1: will matter. The dollars will matter, but
0: I think Horvat's the one that you move on for for dollars, you know, purposes as well. How, I know JT is going to cost more, but
1: how important is it though to keep a fan favorite? Like, I isn't Horvat kind of the guy that a lot of fans?
0: You know like, what? We or? already went through it with the Sedin's. You know when they they were with this team, probably. Three years too long. When they were still putting up, yeah, 16, but at that point, point you kind of have to. Well, why do? You, well, why do you have to with Horvat then? Like, I'm not he's saying way you less...
1: have to. Uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's way different. He's he's in his mid twenties.
0: He's been the face of this team. He's been there, guys you know, in the dark ages, the last pretty much decade, and know, Patterson by himself,
1: and... by himself. Like, basically, we're talking about Kevin Fiala here, right? <laughs> like, everyone wants yeah. to say, oh, this is such an epiphany that he's having right now. Like, oh, he's only doing it for the contract, or he's only doing it because it's the first time he's actually played with a competent line mate. Fuck no, off. I just think, like, it,
0: it, he's had a good run here. This is a great chapter in his career. I don't think that it, it would be sour for the fans, him, or the organization. It's been almost seven, I think it's been seven seasons with, with the Canucks. I think, like, you know, if, if he's going to continue to play well somewhere else, great. I, I don't think it's 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 going to sour the fan base at all. If anything, it's like, wow, you're doing something different for once. Let's see how it plays out. That again, that's okay. that's my personal.
1: What, what's what's the realistic ask then for either center?
0: I think Horvath, As long as you get a top four defenseman, it could even just be straight up. J T. Miller. That's. That's, that's another, that's another question.
1: Not going to happen because obviously like it's a dollars thing if we're trading Dumba, but you're saying you would trade Dumba for Horvat straight up.
0: Something like that. Yes.
1: Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. You really don't like him.
0: It's not that I don't like him. I just think he's a, he's a 40 to 60 point guy who has good, not great two way game. And he's getting slower and slower every year due to hip injury, back injury, knee injury, you know, Fair enough. you know, And he was a player too in junior, especially with the London Knights was never poised to have a lot of speed in the NHL. That's something that he worked on to acquire. So it's not even like just pure talent. Like he's been working on his skating and when it, when it goes, it goes and I'm, I'm just more worried about that. But anyways, we've gone down this, uh, canucks yeah, train sure. um you know caprizov we were saying he hit 100 points we we're happy for him the other player we were hoping would hit 100 would be jt miller i know there's a, a few games left he's at 96 right now apparently he's healthy i know he took a, a shot to the knee there and went down the tunnel dylan and i were watching that game and we were really concerned about him but he came back you know that was that was their game to make or break it into the playoffs in the wild spoiled that jt coming back in that game just was awesome i don't know if he continues down the stretch apparently he's good to go but Hoping just like we we did for Caprizov, that uh the American boy JT Miller you know hits a hundred with the Vancouver Canucks even though he was quoted saying <laughs> I don't give a shit if the team doesn't make the playoffs.
1: It's the right mentality that's why. Out <laughs> of boy.
0: Hey, Sodapod listeners, just want to give a quick word from our friends at DraftKings. They want to remind you that you can feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or province, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play for free for thousands of dollars with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now or Daily Fantasy and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Last team we want to talk about here, uh, the Seattle Kraken comeback win, you know, and similar to that LA Kings game where they were down three zip going into a second period. I know one goal less here with the Kraken. Concerned Wild Group right off the bat, having to come back, but then just came back and rallied, Hobbies.
1: Well, dude, it's it's all the wild cliches wrapped into one. You got yeah. the start of the game, which I actually, like, I'll admit, I thought going into the game that the Wild had a good chance of losing this one. Seattle, a little bit of confidence. They were coming in on a three-game win streak, first that they've had. Teams looking a little bit better. You got a guy like Matty Beneers that breathes a little bit of excitement and life into the org. But you've also got the Wild back-to-back games. And like I said, like a pretty gutty – probably emotional statement win there against Vancouver. Pretty easy to come in and have a letdown against Seattle when, again, you're locked in. You already know who your opponent is. Like, right now, we just want to get the team in healthy. But so those first two goals came early, and I'm like, yep, this is pretty much what I expected. And then what's the other cliche that we've got for the Wild this year? We don't like starting games well. We just like comeback wins because it's fun to talk about. And And holy shit, did they torch.
0: Dude, five goals in the second period. Fiala with the five assists Dude, night. Four primary. Four primary. Dude. And he's one point away of whatever, Gabrick's uh, high point. Or, yeah. Dude record point with the wild. And so he's going to surpass that for sure. So it's funny. Like, is he not in the shadow of Kirill Caprizov this year? Because say Caprizov wasn't on the scene. Say this was, you know, two years ago and Fiala was putting up these numbers. He would be the savior. You'd get as much pub, you know, or maybe even more than Caprizov's getting this year. The fact, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing or any, I'm just, I'm just pointing it out that <laughs> he's probably in the shadow of Caprizo. Cause I don't think he's getting as much love, you know, as he should Throughout the season, sure, right now, because he's just popping off, but how crazy is that?
1: I actually disagree. I think that in a weird way, because of the contract situation, everyone is like over loving on Fiala because it's like we need to keep him. We need to keep him. If like, think about if he leaves next year. Like, that's such a hole in your team. Now all of a sudden you're back to the place where technically the the eck line is your second line, probably. Yeah. And I'll say it until I'm blue in the face, man. That is the third line of a Stanley cup contender. They are not a second line. They should not be. And I know it's semantics sometimes, but basically at the end of the day, if your second best scoring threat is also that shutdown threat, what's your third line? Like there'd be no identity there for, uh, again, we're, piecemealing this right now but if it's boldy goudreau and someone like that there's just no identity to that line right
0: sorry and that's that's a third or fourth line i'm I'm like it just it just is by default you put fiala there and with their chemistry boom it changes things but like a young player freddie goudreau like um...
1: you know what i want to talk about though everyone's saying like oh boldy boldy's the reason that fiala's good I think it's the opposite. I think that Fiala is the reason that Boldy is done as well as he has in the limited oh. games he has this season. Absolutely, And it's just like, they both help each other. Let's be real. But any competent offensive player was going to do something like this with Fiala. Again, we only got to see one fucking game of it with Rem Pitlick. I'm not going to waste a ton of time on this. Isha, but like, you need that type of player. You need someone that has some offensive prowess to their game, even if they're a liability defensively. It happens. But, like, Boldy is the first mainstay that Fiala's really played with since yep. he got here. Like, that that's a couple years stretch. And he's still shown flashes of brilliance. Weird. We're seeing some consistency not because he's in a contract year, but because he's fucking playing with real players. And yeah. that's, that's without a real center. And God bless Freddie Goudreau. He's had a great year. This is a career year for him. If anyone like is sitting back and expecting this to be a repeat performance for him next season, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, you're It's, it's just not his game. He's a great fit and a great mesh with those guys. But he is not a second-line center.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know some people might be screaming at us right now being like, Fiola played next to Eric Stahl. Old man, Eric Stahl, okay?
1: Old man, Eric Stahl. At one
0: point, and for one season with the Wild, but let's 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 pump the brakes. Well, there. and let's be
1: real. Like Fiala's popping off for more of a goal scorer prowess, too. Yep. Eric Stahl, not playmaker. Eric Stahl, also a goal scorer. Yep. Putting two goal scorers together, yeah, it can work, but you, you got to have the right complement of these players, and let's be real. Stahl cannot, even at his peak of his career, could not skate with Kevin Fiala. That was not in his game, but I, in I digress. Camp, in Point the camp, of the matter,
0: all of let's go. They got to do it. They it's got to it. happen. We're, yeah. we're going
1: to have fun with that in the oh, offseason, no. figuring out the different ways that we can maneuver. We're probably going to have to just start doing a, a Wednesday segment called Armchair GM and just <laughs> have a new approach each week to how we can solve this because it's going to be bad. So now we should probably get into what we have for the remainder of the season here. We've got uh, four games left, which is kind of crazy to think in less than a week's time. Uh, as we record here, we have yet to see the <laughs> the game that scares everyone the most this week, being the Nashville Predators. Um, everyone can rest assured we don't have to play them. That's uh, not going to be the playoff matchup, but... That's going to be an interesting test to see if we can show any kind of mental fortitude against the team that has tormented us this year. Um, I mean, Isha, we know that you gush over this team. What are your over, thoughts going in?
0: Oh, over Soros, anyways. I think it'd yeah. be a great moral victory. I guess I don't know. Like good, good, good victory just for the group. That okay? We you know we we beat St. Louis. You know a, f- a few games back, and now we we beat Nashville. You know, put the demons to rest going into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, quick question on this one, because I've heard some people talking about it, and while well, I have a strong opinion, do you think that Roman Yossi should be considered for the Hart Trophy?
0: Um. Yeah, I do. Why? Most most valuable, right?
1: I just, I think that's so asinine. He's had an incredible season. He's not even the most valuable player on his team. Why would he be up for the Hart?
0: Well, we just don't see goalies win the heart that often, or else give it well, to I never
1: said that they do, but my point is if the goalie is the more valuable player on the team, why would you be nominated for most valuable player in the league if you're not even your team's most valuable player?
0: Well, just remove... I, I think it's just... I, I get your logic. I'm just saying it's one of those hockey rules. where, like, if if goaltenders were, quote-unquote, allowed to win that award... Or, they are. Or do, I know, but do often... <laughs> Then, it, then it's a different story. But I'm not I'm saying just...
1: that Sorrow should be nominated. I just don't think you should leapfrog a teammate who's more valuable to the team.
0: Oh, Good point. Good point.
1: I don't think you agree at all. I think you just want to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, yeah, so I think that is, out of the four games, the most important one, to be completely honest. I think that's going to tell us the most about this team. I don't even care if we win it. We just haven't had a close competitive game with them yet. If we can do that...
0: Stay out of the box. Especially if
1: Saros isn't in net. If Saros isn't in net, we got to win. Yeah, yeah. Calling that out. Um, But, yeah, I mean, end of the day, we can lose all four of these games. And I'm sure wild Twitter would erupt. But (laughs) I'm not putting too much stock in unless the team literally just looks like absolute scrubs. But at this point, get in healthy.
0: I almost hope they just, like, lose the Coyotes and beat the Preds, Flames, and Avalanche because that would just make our job so much more fun.
1: Well, dude, let's talk about the Coyotes then because on top of the beautiful jerseys that they don, on top of having our sweet son, Phil Kessel, who is, until a cup comes to Minnesota, he is the thrill. Um, But it's going to be the weirdest like microcosm of cheering and booing that we've ever seen as Mm. Wild fans because... We've got Nathan Smith, who I'm sure a lot of people I know are our friend and uh, contributor to MNCAA, Marissa Voss, is going to the game just for that reason, to see him play. He's already got two goals just a couple games into his young career. Pretty cool. As he was actually just flipped. He wasn't even originally a Coyotes prospect. He went from the Jets. Um but now, <laughs> we're also gonna have just outrageous booze raining down whenever <laughs> McBain touches the puck. It's gonna oh, be yes. so fun. What? What if they play on a line together? People are gonna be so confused. They're not oh gonna know God. what to do.
0: <laughs> They'll Just be silent. Just silence.
1: No, that's never true. There's just gonna be a <laughs> mix of cheers and booze, and it, I'm. Oh, uh, that's one that I maybe I should just buy last minute tickets and go. Hey. To. I'm pr- I bet it's cheap as fuck.
0: Probably and that, just that,
1: rep- dude, I, I know that's why 10k did the cup snake game for the coyotes earlier oh, yeah. this year because no
0: one no one cares
1: like no one cares about the game so they're like yeah if you think you can get people to show up and drink a lot of beers yes we endorse this
0: a hundred percent no that
1: <laughs> that's an awesome point Oh, man.
0: oh um but okay. yeah the last
1: the last two then back to back we've got the big dogs in the west flames and avalanche are you under the impression that either team is going to even be fielding a full roster at that point? Uh,
0: I don't think the, I, Av- I mean,
1: Mar- Markstrom's probably going to start because they refuse to let him rest, which is I, just fucking stupid. Well, that's
0: what I'm saying. I'm just like the Sutter way with Calgary. No, they're, they're going to, they're going to play all the, do- all the big dogs until the end. Cause that's, that's how you play a honorable NHL season. The AVs I think might be a little bit more strategic.
1: Also, who are we playing in those games? I suppose.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Dean Evanson said that Zuccarello's, you know, lower body injury, but he's okay. If, that
1: sucks, dude. Because he's probably not going to play the majority of the games moving out, and it no, would have been not. really cool to see three players beat the previously standing record for points in a season. It, dude. That's ugh, I know, but
0: based on what Dean Evison um I think it was actually our, our friend Jesse Pierce who asked him the question about uh, after after the win there against Seattle, uh, talking about Zuccarello, he he mentioned that hey, it's it's that time of the year when uh, it's roster musical chairs before a playoffs, so. Mm-hmm. so we'll see
1: fair enough fair enough and yeah again i'm not putting a whole lot of weight in those games as long as the players that play actually have some semblance of caring but we can lose out it's not the end of the world i'm way more worried and focused on the blues who well well we've already talked about them quite a bit recently we'll save that for wins, next week though. for a full 50 preview
0: wins let's go first time in franchise 50 history
1: wins i did i never would have predicted that coming into this year although i'm Uh, I said we weren't going to talk about the Blues. I'm the scrub who thought that they weren't going to do shit this year. I thought they'd be bottom half of the division. Now, let me defend myself quick. I definitely didn't see the emergence of Husso, who has been incredible for them. I thought that they were going to continue to do their same old bullshit that they have, keeping Thomas down on the third line. He's been elevated to a first-line center role, and holy shit does he fit the part. I did not think that we'd see anything good from Tarasenko because or that
0: he'd be with the team. Right,
1: disgruntled, didn't want to be there and did, he's having a normal like he's back to his old self, which is incredible. Right. And then the third guy on that first line, Bushnevich, I was wrong. I admit I was wrong. I thought that the the Rangers won that deal clean out and I could not be more incorrect. I admit my mistakes. I apologize. That <laughs> first line is scary. I do not like that going into our series. Everyone's talking about how the blues don't have an answer for Kaprizov. We don't have an answer for that line. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, I mean, I, I don't they, have... They
1: might have seven or eight, 20 goal scorers. What the fuck?
0: I know. You know, what Dylan was telling me, he's like this quietly might be a better blues team than the team that won the Stanley cup.
1: Uh, you can make an argument for it uh, because he did blue line is questionable. And I don't think we're going to see either goalie play the way that Bennington did in that stretch.
0: We'll see only the uh, the
1: forward group. Yes. Yes.
0: They get past the wild in the first round Uh, and my eyes will be wide open.
1: I've I've already got Dylan debunked. Don't have Pat Maroon.
0: (laughs) There you go. Done. You're right. Drop them,
1: but off. yeah, it's that's going to be a great series. We'll preview the matchup head to head a little bit more next week as we, you know, see the other matchups come into play. But I, that's just a really unfortunate one that <laughs> I fuck the NHL and their stupid I know. stupid seeding process. But it's whatever.
0: ridiculous, it's ridiculous. We could have a whole episode about that. It's oh,
1: it's we, we probably will at some point. We're going to need filler stuff this summer, so um, but. To close out here, then, I mean, again, the rest of the season, I'm not too worried about what happens. I'm going to be watching little things. I actually am more curious to see what happens in the bottom six to see who kind of pops off as we see players get, you know, whether it's rest or needing maintenance time. Um, Maybe we'll have to bring Z in to talk a little bit more about who he sees being the X factors that we could be bringing in from Iowa, whether it's guys like Chafee that were just up, whether it's Dewar becoming a mainstay. Hey, do we think there's a chance for Rossi or Addison to get some actual time? Yeah. Well, Addison won't because why should I be happy? But <laughs> um, to close out here, Isha, let, let's go back to your trip now that you've had a little bit of chance to decompress. want to hear out of all the places we went. you we can talk through a couple. We can brainstorm here a little bit. But end of the day, who would you give the best beer award to out of the breweries we visited? And of course, everyone caveat, this is based entirely on what was available in the tap room at this time.
0: Yeah. And go back uh, to our episodes that were released last week. If you want to hear about the whole brewery tour, the, my, my entire soda pod trip, and just like the experience that I've had at all the breweries, because we won't get to every single one of them again, as we had a ton of episodes doing the, you know, a deep dive into the experience there, but uh, prepping for this, segment for this episode hoppy i'll have to say that the beer was hands down barrel theory and and i and i'm basically wow ha- oh, hands God. down and i judged that on like even though because i pretty <laughs> I, ha- I started with a flight and then you know Hoppy's like i'm driving fuck it you might as well just try everything so i did you i tried everything, tried everything. <laughs> i tried pretty much everything on tap <laughs> other than like one out of the three sours that were there
1: yeah <laughs>
0: but anyways and i I give it the best beer award out of my my trip there because despite the style and like I don't like every single craft beer style i'll I'll say that admittedly i I like some better than others too every single one i I not only enjoyed I really really liked and like even styles that are for me the sours the the really sweet beers um hell even uh even the barrel age stuff that i'm still you know, slowly getting into now like it just everything was excellent even the styles that i wouldn't go to and that i mean how can you not give the best of the best award to them when everything there is is excellent even the funky stuff that could either for me have a very high ceiling like it did or a very low floor Fair so enough. i give them uh, the the best beer
1: yeah and shout out timmy johnson great guy um gave us the full tour again yep. go back and listen to the episode if you want to hear more but huge hockey, big, guy. Big hockey guy hopefully coming up here in the next week or so we'll get the crossover that everyone's been waiting for timmy and josh um just absolute nonsense like they are some of the most interesting people that we've met through uh this podcast isha and i wouldn't have it any other way they are just they are their own person but both of them great hockey minds Very different perspectives on the game, though, and it's going to be fun to kind of rattle back and forth, especially once we get some fluids in them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a lot of fun. So be sure to tune in for updates and for, well, the rest of the episodes that we have on tap this week. Signing off, I'm Isha Dromi, alongside the State of Hoppy. This has been The Soda Pod, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. We good, man? We good. Don't fear. Just drink some beer. Stay wild.